Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Chuck Galena, and I am a mindset development coach, professional speaker, best-selling author in the international best-selling Journeys to Success book series. I work with Jim Shorkey here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm a president of Results from Thinking, where we help people unfulfilled in life rediscover their passion, transform their dreams into reality, their goals into achievements, and new thinking into results. Today, I have a special treat for you. I'm excited to introduce three gentlemen that I've had the privilege of working with. Um, and I'm going to hand this off to Tom Tutal Cunningham. Tom, take it away, and uh, let's do some introductions. All right. Thanks, uh, Chuck. Uh, I'm most proud of being probably the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. You can't Google anything related to the foundation or most things relating to Napoleon Hill without finding me on page one. I'm also the publisher, actually just a fancy title, not really the publisher, but I've published five Eight books with Brad Zalas and John Clayton. Five in the Journey to Success book series that you've been a part of. Four of those became international bestsellers in Canada and the U.S. And our best-selling one of all of them, the Millennial Edition, although not an international bestseller, by far is our best-selling book. I've also we've also published three books with Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructors and students. So eight books in total. They've all become number one best-selling books. I'm very proud of that. Mostly it's like I do 10% of the work and 90% is done by Brad and John. So uh, let me introduce you to Brad Zalas or let Brad introduce himself, talk about his work uh, with our publishing, uh, little publishing business and how he got into it and what he does for us as well. Sure. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. My name is Brad Zalas and I'm the award-winning author of Liquid Leadership. Uh, and what does that mean? Well, liquid leadership is something that I learned on how to manage a cross-generational workforce back in the 90s. I started one of the first dot-com companies that went public on NASDAQ, and I started to realize how to manage them better. So I help companies use the model that we use as creative directors to get the most out of managing a diverse workforce in this day and age. And I am incredibly honored to be working with these gentlemen, both Tom and Joe. Uh, and thank you, Chuck, by the way, for heading this uh, interview. Uh, wow. But I hang out with these guys and really learn from them. And it has been an amazing adventure. And uh, I really look forward to us talking about this today. So I'm just going to hand it over to John in Louisiana. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Appreciate uh, it. Tom, uh, thank you, Chuck. Thank uh, you. As uh, Brad said, my name is John Wesley Clayton. I am the publisher uh, to the whole Journey to Success series, uh, which we'll talk more about later. But I live in New Orleans, uh, where I have a personal development business uh, into uh, sales also. Uh, so uh, make it short, sweet. Back over to you, Chuck. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. All right, guys. I'm really interested in seeing how the three of you got together and got this project started. Tom, do you want to start off? We started with the book, Refusing to Quit. That was the first project I did. It had about 20 Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructors and students. And truthfully, 
I, it took a long time to put the book together. I just couldn't get, there was people in six countries. It was hard to get everyone on a deadline and submitting content. I actually got fed up and I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm not uh, leading this project anymore. And John uh, Wesley Clayton stepped up and Jeremy Razor and said they completed the project. And John had to learn a whole brand new system, Create Space. I don't know if it's still Create Space. And so really, John, if it weren't for John, that first book would never have been completed or published. And all of the subsequent books would have been, wouldn't have been published because I would have just been too upset and frustrated with managing a group of people. And then uh, also on that book, uh, we sent it out to uh, some uh, something online where you could submit and ask for book cover submissions. And if you look at the refusing to quit book cover, it sucks. I'm embarrassed by it. I actually want to change. And so when I came to publish the second book, I was like, the cover is one of the most important parts of the book. And Brad had already told me and seen the refusing to quit one, which really is not a good cover. I knew I had to get someone like Brad to design that cover so that it would create interest and be, you know, be a good book for people to contribute to. So John, I'm going to pass it to you. Talk about, because as, you, as I said, I got frustrated. I'm out of here. And you jumped in, you learned create space, you got everyone involved and participating, got their content in. Go through everything you've learned. Because yeah. Not only did you learn create space, you've learned a lot about. Oh, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And it happened exactly like you said. It's, you know, with your frustration and it almost ended. And I was like, all right, step forward and, and take over. I guess that's part of my personality. And, and if you remember, I said, just send everything to me, I'll figure it out. And at that point is when I, I went into create space and learn the whole system. But then I had to learn how to format the book too, to actually make it a book. So I took a course on that that taught me how to format everything properly and actually able to, to publish it. And, and then after the first one is when I got, we got in contact, I got in contact with Brad and then I started learning more about uh, how to edit the images and stuff. And then he pretty much, he actually started it, I believe. And then I, he told me how to do it and then I started doing the images myself. And and actually, uh, whenever I refer to the, the online, I just call Brad our cover creator, but Brad, uh, Brad contributes so much more on the marketing, the copywriting, the promoting of the book. Uh, so we got to find a better title for you than just book cover creator, but <laughs> talk about this uh, yourself, Brad, because this has become like a small little part of your empire now is book cover creating. I know you did one for Philip Hatfield and a bunch of other people. Well, here's what it is. My background is 30 years in the design field, and that covered everything from big corporate meetings to animation and video production, all the way down to print media and even website design. Tom, I think you were shopping around that first cover. I forget what it was, but you sent it to me and you were so excited. And you had gotten a designer from Canada. Designer, he was using that camera. Yeah. And it literally looked like photo on the lapped it on the cover and then used the most the worst typeface that a design it makes designers cringe. He used Cooper. And if you don't know what Cooper typeface is, it's the typeface they used to use on t-shirts back in the 70s. So when I saw this, put it at a 45 degree angle and I just cringed. 
And I don't know if any of you who are listening have ever hired somebody to work on your house and a friend comes over and they see, oh my God, this person has no clue what they're doing. <laughs> I called Tom and I went, Tom, you got to stop. This, this project is not going to go out the way you think because the cover is the most important thing. And I'm going to throw this out to some of the people who are listening right now. If you're an author, if you're a speaker, if you're a doctor or any kind of person who wants to create credibility in your life and you want to publish that first book, that first book has got to hit the ground at a high level. All about this. We say this all the time. You can't judge a book by its cover. Well, no. They get judged by its cover all the time. John <laughs> and I have had hundreds of discussions about this. I create book covers that people want to touch. They want to pick up and they want to go, oh my God, that book cover. I've got to buy that book. So we started with that. And I know, Tom, you and I, we just had a couple of discussions. And your idea was just to do one or two books and maybe five and you're done. And I said, well, why can't we do the journeys to success as a group book? Like you have to buy 12 in the series or seven. And then we started doing that. And then we started to realize, what if we focus on one ideology that came out of the Napoleon Hill principles for each one? So by the third, we started to think of, well, let's do a women's edition. And then we started to, uh, Tom threw this out, hey, Brad, why don't you take over on the millennial edition? So uh, it started to evolve as we started to create. And John and I had hundreds of conversations either to either through email or on the phone. And we're like, well, how can we make this product better? And how can we design this better? And whenever, John, I, I just want to take hats off to you. You weren't the kind of person who goes, I know everything about this. You did so much training and research in the beginning. I thought to myself, how can this guy have a full-time job and do this and do his consulting and do all this? You really came up to the, the level very quickly on production and design. Our goal has always been with this is these new authors to really take them just like a new, you know, virgin into this space and give them the very best product so that at the end of the day, when somebody reads their chapter, they go, wow, this book is beautiful. The chapter is incredible. And they're not only proud to hand it out as a business tool, but they can actually say, I'm a best-selling author. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very proud of the work we've been doing over the past two years. I definitely. I agree. So Me proud. too. I have to ask, how long has this trio been together? About two years, yeah. And you guys, you kind of knew each other prior to, or Brad, you knew John? Or? No. I've known Tom personally since 2013 when I spoke. I was a keynote speaker at a Napoleon Hill event. John, I met along the way as we were putting this together. Wonderful. Right. My wife actually has met John, and I never have. She went on a Napoleon Hill Foundation and uh, instructor's cruise, and I couldn't go. And so she, she keeps telling me, oh, John is so sharp looking. He dresses so sharp. And he's such a good dresser. He always looks so professional. I was like, shut up about John. <laughs> you can tell him that it's rubbing you wrong, Tom. <laughs> so one of the things that people, I'll invite you back into your interviews soon, Chuck. But let's, All right. <laughs> let's, uh, people often ask, uh, even when I invite them to write a chapter, what kind of stories do people write about? Why don't you talk about your story? Because your story was one. So sometimes they write about their parents or grandparents, someone who made a big influence on them. Sometimes they write about a little history or a chapter in their lives. Sometimes they write about 
their whole life. Chuck, you submitted a chapter. Uh, what was it? Uh, volume two or three or four? I forget. Volume five. It's right here in my hand. Five. And who is the uh, who wrote the foreword for that one? Forward, Ivan Meisner. Ooh, BNI. Networking International. And the cover, beautiful. Hold Very up. nice. Look at that. Man, look at you. You got a copy. Right well, talk <laughs> about your story, because your story was an adventure. Oh, it was an adventure. A bicycling adventure, of all things. It was. So this was a cool experience, and I'm looking forward to more opportunities. And hearing you three talk about how this has evolved without knowing where it was going, but you kind of had a vision, and you didn't know how, and they're saying, John, you did all the research to get yourself ramped up to figure this out. And Brad, you have background in this you know, design, but how can you partner with Tom and his knowledge and John and his knowledge and what can they bring to the table? It's everything that relates to what you said, Brad. Let's run with a theme and then get several elements of that theme and what you guys are you're creating, but you're not letting the how get in your way. How are we going right. to do this? What's it going to look like? What direction are we going to go? And you guys are just taking off with a concept and kind of like throwing caution to the wind, which every single series that you put out, that's the whole reason that you're putting out so people can read and, and identify with the fact that any limits that are in their life are oftentimes self-limiting beliefs. Um, I, I shared a story this morning about an, a, an elephant, an adult elephant that will not break from being tethered to a post by a rope. And the reason being is that as an infant, it was taught that it can't break free from the shackles and chains put around its leg over several years. And then when it becomes a massive adult and it can bust down a tree, it won't break the rope that's tied to its leg because it's been conditioned. And it stays there, reason being, has li very little to do with the rope and everything to do with the shackles around its mind about what it thinks it can do. So my story was it a bike was about a bicycle ride from Washington DC to Pittsburgh. If y'all are familiar with the uh, trail that runs, it's a bike trail. We did it a couple years earlier from Pittsburgh to DC, but we had support. We had a chase vehicle that had all of our gear and we just had the emergency essentials on our bike. This time there was only four of us going, the first time was six. We had all of the gear with us, water, tents, sleeping bags, food. And the first day was a miserable experience. Ended up buying two new bicycles, one for me, one for my wife, because on the way there, the bikes fell off the vehicle. They weren't strapped on tight enough. You didn't have your arm up on the, on the roof holding them? No, no. Uh, a vehicle that I was in possession of, but it wasn't mine, and the bike rack that held them on, I didn't secure it because I wasn't familiar with it, but I thought I did. And we lost two bikes, and we didn't realize it right away. Someone says, hey, where's your bikes? So we had to backtrack, find them mangled on the side of the road. We tried to ride them. It just wasn't the most fun. They got torn up on day one. I wanted to quit every step of the way. And my, my opportunity to share in, the, in this uh, Journeys to Success series was about the trials and tribulations and adversity that you face in life. And you just got to press forward and, and keep moving forward. And uh, I didn't know how we were going to do it. I didn't want to do it anymore, but we just did. And we, we just kept persevering and pushing through. So you gave me the opportunity, all three of you gave me the opportunity to get my name out there, get my story out there, and kind of share what I'm passionate about, which is challenging people to go beyond what they think they're capable of doing. So, Excellent. I yes. love that. Great story. Oh, it was good. It was good. We've all contributed chapters, have we not? Uh, yes. This book as well. John was in. Uh, which, which one were you in, John? I did. I didn't do any of the journey to success. I did the very beginning. What was uh, that first one? I refusing to quit. And then I did the one right after that. What's the second one we did outside of journey to success? If. Beyond what if. 
So I did a chapter for both of those. That I remember. Right. That's one of my favorite covers, uh, the guy leaping in the air. Right. Yeah. Mine too, mine too. And another thing that part of our process that's really helped us is we've had some incredible people, right? The forward. We had like Bob Proctor, Ivan Meisner, founder of BNI, the founder, uh, Dave Lineger, founder of Remax. Uh, one coming up, we have Frank Shankwich, the creator and founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So uh, Napoleon Hill carries a big name around the world. And when you ask someone to write a foreword for a Napoleon Hill-themed book, you're in. They're on it. Jump yeah. on it. Right. How many authors do you think you guys have touched and given the opportunity to share their story and, and get their name out there? Right. Probably and, over 100 for sure. Yeah, eight books, uh, 15 to 25 authors each book. So between yeah, maybe 100. 100. And then the reach, because, Tom, you're up in Toronto. Where did you say you were at? John right now? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. It's a big easy, baby. Yeah, New York, Long Island. That's right, Long Island, and I'm out of Pennsylvania. And um, so what's what's the reach that you guys have with... with Well, the Napoleon Hill Foundation instructors and students books generally have more countries represented. One of them, I think, Beyond What If, we had six, seven, or eight countries represented. The first one we did, Refusing to Quit, became... Yeah, we had people in Japan... Japan became a bestseller. Canada, Africa, so yeah. Yeah, and that one became a bestseller in Canada, U.S., and Japan because we right. had four, four or five Japanese authors. And yeah. uh, that was kind of cool. Now, the journeys to success authors are mostly Canada, U.S., and that's how we become international bestsellers because me in Canada, I have to buy from Amazon.ca. Okay. You guys get to buy from Amazon.com, and they don't combine the sales. They don't say, okay, here's U.S. and Canada sales. They do it separately. So you can be number one in Canada and number one in the U.S. on the same day. And that's how we do it, by having authors from both countries. Very cool. Do you guys have a favorite book? Well, mine's the Millennial Edition. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you had it up, too. That's actually my least favorite. No, I'm just joking. That's actually my number one favorite. We actually had a lot of fun doing that book, too, because we had a lot of this young energy. We had some pretty fun, like, emails going back and forth, because obviously the Millennial generation, they speak a little different than the older guys, but it was kind of fun. Right. It was. That's well, that when I resigned from editing. After that, I'm no longer an editor. <laughs> I only do proofreading. Millennials, they didn't take the same English class I took. I don't know. <laughs> All, right. All right, old. Right. They just wrote like they think, like they speak. It aligned with texting, didn't it? Well, let, let me tell the story of the millennial edition so you get a, a context about it. Because as, as we're publishing, you know, this isn't just to, you know, publish and collect a bunch of money and get this out. This really is to create a platform for new authors. And as they say, your, your book is a business card, really, is what it is. Totally. Tom approached me and said, hey, would you like to do the millennial edition i said sure but i i want the millennials to write the way they speak and think and do things raw so what i did was this is the funny part sometimes we have trouble promoting and getting off i had to beat off beat uh millennials back with a stick because they wanted not only to be in the book but they had friends who wanted to be in the book what i did ah, we know what one of our next ones are millennial too 
Yeah, and here's the funny part. I wanted the book to uh, reflect millennial thinking, and I also to be as diverse as possible because millennials come from all walks of life. So you look at the millennial edition, we have people from Pakistan, we have people from New Orleans and Oklahoma, we have uh, one girl who's a Muslim who moved to the United States and now lives in Texas, you know, African-American, Lebanese, we have people from all over. And they leaped forward and they told their unique story. But one of the things I, I do, because I, I'm an award-winning author as well, so writing to me is very important, telling that story. So what I decided to do was, in order to help these new authors feel comfortable with the writing, I hosted uh, once every two weeks uh, a conference call. Five of the new authors come in and just start telling their stories. And like most people, they tell this, well, I'm doing this now, and I'm doing that. And it takes about 15 minutes before they say, well, you know, I changed changed my life around when I was in a jail cell. And you went, what? <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 back up. What did you just say? And they'd say, well, I, I wound up in jail because I stabbed my husband because he was beating me up every night when he got back from overseas. I'm like, holy crap. That's your story. Start with, so I made every author start their chapter with the moment where life was so bad, they had to change. And then I encourage them to write as if they're telling this story in a bar with friends and just really how much emotion they had with this change in their life. And then the third thing was, please put in some principles that you live by. And I got to tell you, I was shocked at the writing. It was raw. It was in your face. It, it wasn't trying to win an A in English class with your professor. It was raw. It was, it, they didn't mince words. And uh, Tom can attest to this. He had a tough time with the conjunctions and the, the way of... Starting a sentence with the word but. You don't start <laughs> a sentence with the word but. I said, please, don't over-edit. This, I want the millennial edition to reflect millennial thinking, their angst, their power, their energy. And let me tell you, they, they blew my mind. And Tom and John can attest to this. When it was time to promote their book, they, they were on it. Oh my goodness. They had, they were out on all the social media networks. They were going crazy. A couple of them bought boxes of hundreds of books and they were hosting parties and going to business venues and, and having panel discussions. We did a panel discussion where Chad DeLuca brought in a hundred books. We had Jay Patel, who was also in the book. They got up and I hosted a panel discussion, which we did live on Facebook back when Facebook Live was a new thing. So we had cameras in the room. We had people on a rainy night in Manhattan. We had like 15, 20 people show up in horrible weather to see this. And everybody got a book. And so the millennials just blew my mind because they promoted the book. And it, this, here's the funny part. The Kindle version, that sold well. That was okay. But it was the paperback version two weeks later that outsold all of the the success back then just outsold all, all of them in the paperback version. It's because they wanted the physical book not only to hit clients, but to show their parents and to sign it for friends. They were just so excited. And I got to tell you, a lot of, uh, of the millennials now, their careers have taken off in a different level because of the book. I know one millennial who's actually writing for Forbes right now. Oh, wow. And I know nice. I've gotten clients just from the book. So this book 
theories that we do, it changes lives, it changes careers. And I'm incredibly honored to be a part of this. Two things that come out of what you just said, Brad. One is for any writer new to writing, how to go about writing, find the uh, traumatic event in your life that changed your life and yeah. start there, at least for a nice starting point. And then somebody told me this once, and I always believe in this. Nobody pays to see a one-headed goat, but they will pay to see a two-headed goat. So if you don't have somebody coaching you along this road and saying, there's the meat of your story, because we, we're inside our own heads. We kind of judge our process a little bit too much. And there were some of the millennials in the, in the book their uh, life went into really dark areas. And I said, you may not want to talk about that. So we, we kept it a little light because it could have gone really deep. But uh, people pay top dollar to hear the power of how you went through something. Like Tom says, he's a resilience, uh, resiliency expert. We want to know how you deal with that every single day. So I think that's incredibly important when uh, crafting a story. Absolutely. The other Very thing well said. you just said, uh, Brad, is if you're a business owner and you don't know how to market to the millennials and how they speak and what they're looking for and what's important to them, buy that book. Go on to Amazon.com and buy that book uh, or Amazon.ca, right, Tom? And right. buy that book because it really gives you an insight to how they think and what's important to them you know, how you can form a partnership right. with them. Right. Another good thing about our process, guys, is that not very many people could write 50,000 words, a full book about their life. Right. Most people can take, can write 25 to 3,500 words. I actually timed it when I wrote a chapter for myself and one for somebody else. It took me about five hours, four to five hours to think and write it out. So anybody can put together 3,500 words, but they may not be able to put together 50,000, and they may not have a strong enough social media and friend base to become a bestseller. So write a short chapter, become a bestseller, and use it as Brad said, and John knows, Dave Doyle up in uh, Cal around Alberta somewhere in Canada. He, yeah, uh, Grand Prairie. He did a Beyond What If, and he has book signings. He goes out and he owns some uh, restaurant franchises. He sells them there. And so, yeah, it's a big thing. And now he, he just did his first TEDx uh, speech. Right. So, cool. Right. It leads to good things uh, by sharing your story and just short stories that people can appreciate. If someone's yep. listening, how can they get involved? How can they get in touch with you guys? Right. If you're already in touch with us, just ask us on Facebook or email or whatever. Tom at Tom Two Tall, the number two and tall dot com. And we promote when we're when we're recruiting. I just put together an invitation for the handy capable edition. My wife's work that'll be coming out in October. People living positively with tremendous physical challenges. I just asked a guy born with no arms and no legs to write the foreword for the book. And so we invite authors. We know their story. We research them a bit and we invite them to contribute. And so if you do want to contribute, uh, just probably, yeah, the best way is, I don't know, hook up with us on Facebook or email and we'll yes. send you the details on, on how to, uh, how to become an author, best-selling author. And separately, because I know John and Brad have done this uh, for David Brown and maybe one or two other people. If you want to write your own book, like just contact Brad and John because they know the, the, the marketing, book cover, and content creation part of it. So they can, if you, if you want to do your own, 
why not work with a team that knows how to do best selling right. mark? We'll, we'll make you famous. Trust me. We will. <laughs> and, uh, and my email address also is info at johnwesley.com. It's I-N-F-O at J-O-H-N-W-E-S-T-L-E-Y.com. What about you, Brad? I'm at brad at liquidleadership.com. That's one word, brad at liquidleadership.com. What's one word, Brad or liquid leadership? Liquid leadership is one oh. word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Brad is too. <laughs> yeah. We're getting good at this process now. Brad and John have it down pat, and all I do is invite a ton of people. And eventually I can get 20 to say yes out of a ton of people. Well, Chuck, I just want to throw this out, publishing industry, how it's shifted. And part of it too is, I don't know if you know this, Tom and John, I've actually had people who put together group books like this, and they've actually asked me, how do you manage it? Because they always have authors drop out, no one cares, blah, blah, blah. We have a system in place where we're kind of strict about deadlines, but we also put the responsibility on the author. And I think we've, we've been very good at choosing people who follow through. And that's not always easy because publishing a book like this, a lot of times it's some speaker who just wants to get in a book and all they care about is their career. And I truly believe the authors we attract, they have a message, a message that comes from heart that they must get out today. And I think that's the important difference with the work that we do. Oh, I'm going to tell you, some of the stories in these books will bring you to tears and then more tears of joy. You know, they're, they're very touching. So they're all very personal to these people. It's their story. So they're really touching. Right. And 90% of them are not world famous. They don't have their own website. They're not a speaker. They're not in the personal development industry, but they have incredible stories. And those yeah. are the type of people who would not get any opportunity to share their story if it weren't for a book series like ours. We even did a, a uh, Journey to Success Women's Edition, too. Yeah. That, that, was, that was fun. Right. And my wife became a bestseller. Exactly. So her and her friend are in Mexico, some loudmouth guy, maybe an American, bragging, oh, I'm this and I'm that and I'm number one and I'm a lawyer. All those things, bragging, bragging, bragging. And my wife's friend says, well, you're sitting beside an international best-selling author. A few pleasant trees and then one minute later, guy's gone <laughs> like oh okay so it is really cool i at five foot one i feel a few inches taller when I'm <laughs> an international best-selling author yeah it is a good branding tool for people who average is, people who don't have websites but have a great story to share if you want to be a speaker that that's one thing but i i like what you said tom sometimes these are doctors lawyers nobodies people who are struggling in life and they're learning secrets and all this it really isn't about it is about helping to promote and talk about what they're doing but it creates such added value to them. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how the industry has changed. Back 30 years ago, there were only a handful of people who were willing to take this step into becoming a published author. And you had two choices. You could either go to the traditional publishing house 
and they would take three years to rewrite your book and put your ideas together. It was a very slow process. You'd go through four editors, and sometimes by the time that your book got out, it wasn't as relevant as it could have been if they had just done it fast. And the second choice you had back then was called Vanity Press. And very few people took you seriously when you published your own book because you paid to have somebody just print your book and edit it and do everything else. Well, today that shifted. When Seth Godin turned around and started putting his own books out on his own, making millions of dollars, all of a sudden the publishing houses go, wait, 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 wait. We can help you publish your next two, three books. And Seth Godin just looked at him and said, well, why? Why do I need a publisher now? You know, exactly. And so this started to happen. There's a very famous story about a teenager who got a million followers. And when he released his book, he made millions. Just by, went out to his network, everybody paid $10. Boom. Imagine being 19 and you're worth $10 million. And then the publishing houses just run up to him and go, please, please, please. Uh, we want to publish your book. And he's like, why? <laughs> this is... <laughs> So, uh, did you ever see the movie The Martian with um, uh, Matt Damon? Oh, yeah. That was actually a book that was created on CreateSpace. I forget the author's name. I Forgive me. But he released it one chapter at a time. Every couple of weeks, he'd release one chapter at a time. And people became obsessed. And, the, and millions of people downloaded one chapter at a time till they had The Martian. And they, they were sitting on the edge of their seat. And he self-published the whole thing. And he probably made something like $10 million just from that. They came to him, the, the, the movie studio, and they said, we want to turn this into a movie. Uh, so they bought the rights for the book. They bought the rights for the movie. They made the movie. They did the book. They republished the book. And he didn't make as much money when they took it over. But his book became a household name along with the movie. And he already made you know, tons of money. So vanity publishing now doesn't have the same stigma it used to. Nowadays, actually, you're encouraged to do that. My first book, Liquid Leadership, I went with a hybrid public. They do everything a traditional publishing house does, but yeah, I had to pay to play. But guess what? They were so willing to gamble on my book, I did not have to pay to get it into the bookstores, to get it into the airlines, you know, the, the Hudson Press that you see at the airports. I didn't have to pay to get it published internationally. Two publishers internationally picked up the rights to my book, and all, all of a sudden I became an international best-selling author, as well as having it um, translated into Korean, and it was also in India. And my book, uh, Liquid Leadership, has gotten as far as the New Zealand Library. Yeah, well. so, a big deal in New Zealand. <laughs> but if you look at this, these types of things, that is the platform that we use uh, to get ourselves to the next level and talk about something very powerful and very serious. I get quoted in Forbes magazine and Inc. magazine and New York magazine all the time simply because I wrote something of value that people look at and go, whoa, wait a minute. So when we tell you that we've formed a team that can help you do this all the time, let me tell you, I, like I said, John, you have blown my mind. Tom, you've been the best spokesman for all this. I always try to deliver the very best cover when we do this. And, and this is exciting to me. This is business in the 21st century. You know, oh, 
Yeah. Right. It is. Right. Obviously, you guys are an expert team at what you're doing. You developed to where you're at, and you've helped a lot of people along the way. And there's so many more people uh, that will be blessed by what you guys continue to do. And obviously, you have a passion for it. So, yeah. any final words from uh, from you guys? And thanks to Brad and John. Really, I want to give a really extra shout out to John uh, Wesley Clayton. Uh, I'm not a patient person. When you deal with 20 plus authors. <laughs> you're gonna need that and john has had people like three days before we're releasing the book can you change this line in my chapter <laughs> and even just getting the email i want to punch them <laughs> john can diplomatically nice way. reply yes or no he doesn't lose his temper he doesn't and, and it happens more than you guys know <laughs> what's that it happens more than you know. Sometimes I get those emails directly to me without a CC to use. So, right. Thank God they don't CC me because they, they learn to bypass it, Tom. Yeah. And Good. The authors drop out like three weeks before. Then you know, and John is just do do do. Just continue the process. Forget it. I'm ready to cuss them out. So I really need John on my team because dealing with the authors and any group of people 20 plus people you well, have some challenges and john is way more cool about it than i am well yeah john do you want to talk you know we're, we're almost out of time but john if you could talk a little bit about the millennial edition what that was like to go through that uh and we're now doing the audio version of the millennial edition which should probably be out at the end of the summer but john wasn't that an interesting project to work on it was very fun because there, there was more interaction with the authors in that one than all the rest of them. But then, again, the way they speak is different. So that was kind of fun. You know, a lot of guys my age might not like that. I don't really give a crap. There's not much that bothers me. So it, it was kind of interesting to me. I have two millennial daughters myself. Oh, and also to throw something on that millennial subject is I was so overly impressed with these, I can say kids because I'm twice their most of them age, but because the stigma that millennials have is, is always a negative stigma. Let me tell you what, there's some rock stars that are in that book that are killing it in life. They're, they're not just what your people think of your, your typical millennial. These guys and ladies are killing it. Right. So One I can say, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly impresses the heck out of me. That guy is an amazing guy. And there yeah. are lots of people like that in that millennial book. Uh, all right, Chuck, you maybe you can end it off now. Thanks. We invite you to host the show, and then we just don't even let you talk. It's like, <laughs> our great guests here. It's Brad's fault. <laughs> yeah, my fault. Chuck, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Right. Yeah, you, Chuck. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And if you're interested in contributing to Journeys to Success, you can reach out to Brad, John, or Tom. Brad at liquidleadership.com. John through info at johnwesley.com, that's W-E-S-T-L-E-Y, or Tom at tomtutal.com. I'm Chuck Bellina with Results from Thinking out of Pittsburgh. Guys, this was incredible. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, work with you on this, um, this interview. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to let me talk on occasion. You guys just really dominated, but it was great information. Um, I look forward to the uh, release of your next best-selling book. You guys have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutal.com for details.